it's such a good product that it has market pull. So this is an important lesson for founders. You can put social features into a product like multiplayer mode to make it grow. And you can imagine multiplayer mode is going to be bonkers in ChatGPT4. All of the examples we have right now, you could have just added me to them. And then we could have each been asking questions at the same time with our own accounts and have it making forked threads of the conversation. So I take yours and then I ask two questions and it goes on a decision tree. Vinny asks them and it goes on a different decision tree. And then we say, take this from Vinny's and combine it with Sonny's, right? And we could be working in one chat stream with three employees or 20 employees and two or three different AIs. But yeah, he's I understand his point. But what he has to understand is this is such a transcendent product that you can't shut up about it if you use it. This Week in Startups is brought to you by LinkedIn Marketing. To redeem a free $100 LinkedIn ad credit and launch your first campaign, go to linkedin.com slash thisweekinstartups. Hyperice, warm up and recover faster with the Hypervolt 2 massage gun and Normatech compression therapy boots. Save $50 off your order of $150 or more with code TWIST50 at checkout at hyperice.com. And Trovada. Starting up is hard. Trovada makes managing cash easy. Start automating your cash management at trovada.io slash twist. Use code TWIST for 30% off one full year of premium features like AI forecasting. All right, everybody, welcome back to This Week in Startups. We're doing our AI roundtable. Everybody's obsessed in Silicon Valley. We can't stop talking about it. We can't stop playing with it. AI is changing everything. This is not a drill. We are seeing advances every day, every week, every hour. Uh, it's got to be hundreds of thousands of developers have now pivoted to fo- focusing on this. I've got hundreds of entrepreneurs in our portfolio and contacting me uh, weekly with incredible ideas. So we are doing our weekly AI roundup with Sunny Madra and Vinny Lingham every week now because these two individuals are playing with it. Uh, they're lifelong technologists. So Sonny and Vinny, welcome back to the program. Nice Good to be back. Good we to be on. do it weekly just to keep up with the pace. I mean, it's, know, it's crazy how much feedback I'm getting from this thing all over. Like people are pinging me left, right, and center now. So it's, I mean, I think a lot of people are watching this and I mean, you guys, yeah. you, you tell me how popular is this amongst all your segments? Well, it's, I think it's uh, becoming the most popular, if I'm being honest. And the reason is because we're actually bringing demos and we're breaking things down on a very tactical basis. You, the conversation of like philosophy and mission and 30,000 feet is, it's, it's burnt out. Everybody's kind of talking about AI safety and, you know, the business models and Microsoft versus Google. I think all of that is not as important as just keeping up with what did people build in the past week. So that's what we're going to try to do here is we're going to try to talk. And today's demo, uh, about 10 days ago, OpenAI released a new model. It's called Web Browsing with GPT-4. It's still in alpha. It sucks. I've been using it. It breaks constantly, but you can start to see how promising it is. Now, I do think you have to uh, be invited to this. It's for people who have what's called chat GPT plugins. We've talked about plugins here before. Plugins is a framework. Uh, I think you um, explained this perfectly, um, Sunny, previously. Chat GPT 4 is the reasoning engine and the data sets, the models, the things that you're going to pull information from are the plugins. They had web browsing, correct me if I'm wrong here, Sunny, with GPT 3.5, but now you put 4 with it. It's, it's working a lot better. And I think... Um, Vinny, you have uh, some demos you're going to do later in the show, but maybe we'll start with you, Sonny. Explain to us why ChatGPT4 with web browsing is so important and what it's going to do for people. Yeah. So, you know, when this first came out, one of the major limitations was the response that, you know, my data set is only accurate as of September 2021. And that creates a lot of limitations in terms of using the technology for you know, something that's quite temporal of, you know, right now. And so um, with this release of the web browsing capability, there's many tasks that we conduct on a daily basis that we're conducting all the time that we can leverage a tool for. We'll see some limitations here, but we'll go through a couple of different examples that, you know, cross some different verticals and we can show 
the power of what the tool can be used for. And, and uh, I, I actually did one just before uh, for a friend that, that emailed me looking for a job description. So maybe uh, should we just dive in and start that one? Yeah, great. Okay, Share so screen. And then if so, you're uh, not watching this, go to youtube.com slash this weekend or go to Spotify to watch this week in startups or do a search for this week in startups video on iTunes and you'll find the video version of this. And of course, sports cast it, uh, Sunny, as you know, where yeah. you describe what we're seeing. So my good friends run a software development company called Laser Technologies, and they sent me a message in a WhatsApp group saying, hey, you know, could you help with a job description for a startup and VC ecosystem lead? And I kind of did the thing, what we're all doing now, which we all should be doing. I just typed it in. So my, my prompt for those listening is, can you write a job description for a startup and VC ecosystem lead to help at Laser? And then I just gave chat gpt the link to their website that's about it and you can see here uh, and i'm not going to read the whole job description but it comes up with a job description it comes up with a set which describes the company and its background it comes up with a set of responsibilities and it comes up with a set of requirements and it even closes with the all important laser technologies is committed to creating a diverse and inclusive environment we encourage applications from all qualified individuals it went woke it went well. I don't know if that's woke. I think that's no, that's, no, that's actually, best practices. That's exactly. Yeah, practice. yeah. That's yeah. what I was saying. I don't think it's woke. But so here's a use case where it you know went out and looked at their latest website and pulled those things in. Um, I'll go to a kind of a, a different one right now as well. Um, here's one where you know you can have it look at a particular piece of code. And in this case, I asked it, and I took this example from Rowan. I want to give a shout out to. He has a great, great. A Twitter account and uh, and a newsletter, and I think we're going to pull it up in a bit here as well. And so he kind of inspired this one. So I said, "What are the five areas of potential improvement of the Twitter algorithm?" And I gave it the link, the GitHub link to the new Twitter algorithm, and it basically came up with a response. And I'll, I'll again, I'll just read part of it. It says, "Based on the GitHub repository you provided, I was able to find several components of Twitter's algorithm, including the unified user actions and un and." user signal service uh, and it explains what those are and then it found some it found a detailed proposal by a user on how to change those things and so i think this is really cool and that this is where we saw some limitations and this is where you're kind of seeing the combination of being access to the web and its reasoning engine and looking at additional details around what's happening where you pointed to come up with something interesting and maybe my last example here today is um you know, I, I feel like this is part of what Insight does, Jason, and this yeah. may this may change how Insight thinks of things. And it, it, it this one it didn't it didn't complete the task uh, completely. And again, I'll read the prompt, which is, "What are the ten most interesting tech stories from the last week?" Put the results in a table and write a short summary and link to the original story. So it doesn't pull off the last bit, but it does find some interesting stories, which is. I think a, a starting point. I have a little bit of a suspicion as why this is not doing a good job, and it's. I'm going to just click in the, down in the 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 link here where it shows. There's where a drop down yep. that shows. Just to be clear here, yep. What Google searches or Bing searches? Like I'm assuming likely it went Bing, to, yeah. and then it clicked on. So it says, "Hey, I clicked on this. I'm reading the content. I did a search. Tech news, March yep. May first to May eighth. Yeah, so, so you can actually see what searches it's doing." So it's kind of behind the scenes, you know, um, and it, it really does uh, a really nice job. Yeah, yeah and it, it does a nice job. Now, this, you know, maybe the good news for the folks at Inside, it hasn't replaced them completely yet because this answer is not sufficient. There are definitely more than three stories and it should have been able to complete it. But like we've been talking about, I think this is 90 days away from answering this question yes. properly. And so... Um, well, it, interesting you bring this up. I literally had a board meeting for inside.com last week and I presented our AI vision. I'm looking to hire two full-time AI developers to work at inside to work on this exact problem. So what we're doing, just broad strokes, is we're going to take a newsletter like inside.com slash podcasting, take the last 100 or 200 email newsletters, put that into a language model, and then have all the sources, yep. and then have the curation going and looking for sources done by AI have a first draft summary put onto the website um, and then just say, this is the inside AI bot that put it at inside.com slash podcasting. And yep. then our editors, our writers will look at the 10 or 20 that come in from the curator, the AI curator and edit them and check the facts with a Great. big disclaimer on it. 
And then what that will do for the writers is they no longer have to curate or write. Maybe 70% of the writing will be done for them and 95% of the curation will be done for them. They can redeploy that time to then go call subjects and ask follow-up questions. And so that's our sort of concept is they can do other original acts of uh, journalism. But man, this is um, um, a really interesting turn of events. I just want to show you something that I just did here. But pull this one up, Nick. Um, I just asked with the open web browser, um, not to rub salt in anybody's wounds, who's speaking at Calacanis's latest conference? And I didn't mention the latest conference is the Angel Summit. Uh, that's happening in Napa, June 5th and 6th and 7th. And it went out, and I'm just sharing the chat GP. This is Share GPT. I don't know if you guys use this, but Share yep. GPT lets you take a result and share it on the open web. And it nailed it. And it made a nice bullet pointed list. And then I said, hey, can you hyperlink to the person's corporate page and to their, their name to their LinkedIn page? And let me see if I got Brad Gerstner correct. It, in chat GPT, Share GPT doesn't recognize hyperlinks, or does it? Are there hyperlinks on those? It oh, looks wow, like I couldn't see them. Did they work? Did it, it get oh, to? Yes, the hyperlink worked up to his website. Altimeter, yeah. But no okay, but it didn't yeah. get, if you click on Brad's name, did it get to, did it get you his proper LinkedIn or no? Yep, it did. Look at that. Mm, it's loading LinkedIn, but no, it didn't get that right. Oh, okay, didn't get it right. Guess. It seems uh. like LinkedIn does not work with ChatGPT well. I don't, I guess that's something that's going to have to be addressed. But man, did it get the corporate address as well? Um, and uh, yeah. Uh, and it, it linked to PitchBook for Valor, maybe because Valor has a, yeah, not maybe they came up higher in it, but th this is really going to get interesting because then I could say, give me a short one sentence bio for each speaker and put them in a table. And you start thinking about like how much work this would be. Like, this is what you would be giving to a research assistant or an operations person in your company. Okay, when you're selling B2B solutions, you really want to get in front of decision makers, the ones who make the purchasing decisions. But the problem is these folks can be hard to find and target on uh, most social networks, right? Uh, people are talking about politics, they're sharing selfies, they're, they're going uh, cooking videos, all that kind of stuff. Well, you need to pick the right platform to reach these folks. And the perfect platform is LinkedIn. Now we know LinkedIn has 875 million members. But did you know 180 million of those? are the senior level executives who okay purchases. And there's 10 million C-level executives as part of that 180 million. And those are the people who really, really can push through a decision to buy your product or services. That's the purchasing power. And it resides on LinkedIn. And no other platform in the world can offer you these kind of eyeballs. It's very special. LinkedIn is business. Business equals LinkedIn. LinkedIn equals business. You know this because we use LinkedIn for business all the time. We just had Reid Hoffman on the program. It's just amazing how focusing on one thing for decades can make such an incredible product like LinkedIn. So if you're selling a B2B solution, you're a consultant, uh, you're making software, you got a marketplace, you want to engage with elite buyers and they're all on LinkedIn. So here's your simple call to action. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get $100 credit towards your next campaign by going to LinkedIn.com slash this week in startups that's right linkedin.com slash this week in startups terms and conditions do apply and i try to explain to people exactly like how powerful this is like we, the number i keep getting to uh vinnie is 30 percent of people's work this year i had brian chesky from airbnb on the podcast last week i just interviewed reed hoffman and i also um talked to aaron levy from box because he's added much features yep. i asked them all to tell me what percentage of your team members work this year will be replaced by AI? I've been using the number 30% internally. Chesky said 20 to 30%, depending on the position. Some positions might be 50%, some might be 10. Aaron Levy said, it could be 50% for customer support, um, but I'll go with 30%. <laughs> and Reed Hoffman also said, like, depending on the um, person, I think like, yeah, 20, 30, 40%. So we all came with one third. Vinny, what say you? In your experience, you're building weight room, uh, you're building other civic. What percentage of your own personal tasks are you offloading this year, do you think? 
and what what is your team experiencing? I mean, personally, I'm doing a lot using um, using you know ChatGPT and OpenAI a, a lot, like everything from health research, summarizing stuff, taking like large documents that I just want to like you know get a quick summary of. It's saving me a ton of time uh, when trying to read through, especially like you know reasonably complex things uh, where you have to have a lot of focus and tension. It's making it easy for you to get through it quickly, so it's helping me a lot. Just you know, the the summary, the summarization features are incredible. Um, I posted a tweet, and I, you know, I'll, I'll put the link up here um, for Nick. Um, you know, I posted a tweet where I, you know I spoke about the economy and where I think things are going. Um, but it actually related to AI. You know, for for a bit, the the AI part is like I think we're going to get to this recession that everyone's talking about, and companies are going to lay off people. And we're going to get unemployment to over 6% by end of year. Because that's what, that's what Powell's trying to do, by the way. Like, he keeps talking about the tight labor market. He needs to loosen it up. Now, whether it's 5 or 6%, I, maybe his goal is 5 or 4.5%, he's going to overshoot it with, n- like, no doubt. There's going to be an overshooting of this. So we're going to go to 6% call it that. Now, here's the question. When he tries to get it back, is it going to work? Uh, you know, is, when he tries to, like, lower rates, is gonna ha- and, and my thesis here is it's not going to work. Because what's happening is companies are laying off people, and those people basically are, are you know are, are going to be replaced by AI, and and I and, and then that those, those jobs are not coming back. This is and a very interesting. It's a very, take. It's, a very di- it's 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 very different. It's a very different take where people have thought. People thought that companies are going to you know replace workers with AI and lay off people because of AI. No, when you have a, a team that gets reduced in size, and now they have to make do with fewer people. They learn to become a lot more efficient. They learn to use the tools that are out there to replace the functions that their the, 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 the colleagues used to do. And then they don't need those colleagues anymore. So that's my thesis going into this. And running a startup, for example, we just, you know, we got rid of our QA, um, outsource QA, you know, function because we can get the unit test done through, you know, open AI. Engineers wow. can check their code. Like we, we can make things far more faster, far more efficient. And I think that's going to, so the impact that AI is going to have in the short term is on all the, 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 the jobs, which are kind of like, you know, um, a lot of this is outsourced, by the way, to Eastern Europe and whatever else. So QA testing, copywriting, um, you know, like those sorts of jobs with AI can web just do it for you. Web, web, uh, web scraping, sales development reps, all this stuff exactly. has been human capital in Manila, Eastern Europe, exactly, exactly. San Paulo, just there, sometimes it's English as a native language, sometimes English as a second language. But if you want $5 an hour to $15 an hour workers on demand, yes, you the can lo- find the low it in those places. workers are going to get hit hard. Yeah, exactly. They're going to get hit brutally hard unless they're using these tools, which would then make them bionic. Well, no, because like, wh- why would you have to, ha- why would you have to outsource to someone else? Regardless, even if there's five guys doing it, now there's one. Regardless whether you outsource that person or have mm. them here, it's it's an eighty percent reduction. What do you say, sir? So, what do you well, say to this yeah. thesis that we're going to see the people who were laid off? This is the first time I've heard anybody say this. So we're go- we're going to up to like a big macro picture here. I have stopped hiring at both companies. I have said, with the exception of the AI developers, I've said everybody learn this, make it your homepage. And I'm specifically calling out in my companies, these seven people have shown me, you know, great things um, that they've done with ChatGPT4, um, which the implication should be for anybody who's paying attention, the other 13 people haven't yet. And so I'm keeping a running list of people on my team who have materially used this product. And I'm at 35% of my company, 40%, and I got 60% to go. And I'm just every couple of days saying hey great job to this person this person this person for using the technology i'm not hiring anybody the first thing i'm thinking about in all cases is can this what jobs do we have that people are complaining about can it be done with chat gpt so yep. uh, do you what do you think of this theory that the layoffs are permanent uh, yes but uh let me kind of dive into the opportunity i want to just jump back to what you guys were talking about so I was talking to someone who's a VP of engineering of a big public tech company. I'm not going to mention it. The name okay. of the company is asked not to. 18% of all their code is being coming out of Copilot X, which is the next version of Copilot. So th- think about that in terms of, and this is like at, at scale. So that's really interesting, kind of lines up with your conversations you're having there. I think going to the second part of your question, 
I I have turned this. This is done by Rowan. I want to give him another shout out here. He has this great newsletter called The Rundown. But he has this ever-growing list and notion of uh, a thousand best chat GPT prompts. And it's just mind-blowing the way people are thinking about it and using it. And so I actually believe there's going to be a huge opportunity for those that can go into places like this and understand. And, you know, uh, Jason, just pick anything from here and I'll click into it. And and you can just see the fantastic ideas. Let's see. Um, I like uh mental models that's interesting mental models uh right third column fourth one down mental models there it is yeah so here's a bunch of mental models right that can be used for a lot of different purposes it's just really really incredible and please um, write a marketing campaign outline that addresses the sunk cost fallacy when presenting our product service to ideal customer persona Consider how to frame the value of our offering in terms of future benefits rather than past investments and how to overcome any resistance to change on decision-making biases. Wow, that's powerful. (laughs) That is super powerful Um, because I wouldn't have thought of using a mental model, but I use mental models every day. Yeah. Um, And so that's like an easy cut and paste for me and a bookmark. And so- what I kind of think what's happening, going back to the layouts comment, I think a bunch of people become supercharged. People that take advantage of this, I still think it's a very small amount. And then, you know, we we have we undertake a new era in terms of productivity within our workplace. I agree. I agree with that. I think I think productivity will offset a lot. Uh, but I think we're still going to create. We're going to we're going to have a problem when when the Fed's going to try and uh, you know give. So look, look, let's just put ourselves in the hand. Like, uh, you know, Put ourselves in, in the shoes of a CEO, right? And you are one, Sonny, I'm one, Jason, you're one. Like when we run a company, when you have to cut costs because the economy is not doing too well, mm-hmm. uh, things aren't going well. I, we're seeing this. I'm seeing Slow this growth. in California right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing this like in California. Events are being canceled. Sorry, not enough support, especially when the ticket prices are too high. It's like, you know, it's happening. What do you do? Do you Where do you cut the costs? If you think about it, the first thing to go is um, outsourced. Uh, deals where you're hiring labor or whatever offshore or contra- contractors are the first to go. Why? Um, and just for the viewers here, the reason you do that is because you don't want to impact the core team. The last thing you want to do is layoffs because it scares people, makes people uncomfortable. Of course. It sets of ch- and you give the contractor reactions. work to your existing team or chat GPT. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, so and, and it's a chain reaction, right? If you let go of your core team members, then two or three might leave and people get unhappy, etc. So you always get rid of the contractors first. And then you cut costs in software and other things as well. And most of those contract jobs are like seen as low level, low, low you know, like not, not really critical core to the business. And whether it comes from one person you know, or another, it doesn't really matter. And you don't really even see the teams often. Those are the jobs that are most in danger right now, in my opinion. Mm. So when they're going to cut the, the outsourced contracted positions, we're not going to see them as layoffs, but, you know, it, it, like directly. So they might be outside the U.S., uh, so it won't reflect on our job numbers, but the U.S. is going to eat away a lot of global jobs right now because U.S. companies are going to cut costs and cut contractors and move onshoring with AI. Fascinating. Okay, everybody, are you sore and tired? Ah, it's hard to keep this peak performance up, but I have an answer for you. Right as I get off the slope, Hyperice is waiting for me. Here it is. If you've never seen it. These devices change everything. This is the Hypervolt 2 Pro that I have. It is extraordinary. Here's what it looks like. I love this thing because when I use it, I can take the knots in my back and ah, ah, it feels so good. Takes out all those knots, loosens my muscles, and generally, it's going to make you feel good throughout the day. Hypervolt comes with five head attachments plus three different levels of percussion massage. You can customize it however you like. It's lightweight. It's super quiet. Hyperice also makes heat and massage wearables for your back. That's what I'm getting next. And we all know a bunch of people, they're suffering from that back pain, right? They also have these Normatec air compression boots. These things are insane. Here's a really important call to action. Get 50 bucks off your order of 150 or more with the code TWIST50 at checkout. Go ahead and go to Hyperice. That's H-Y-P-E-R-I-C-E dot com. And use the code TWIST, T-W-I-S-T, 5-0, TWIST 5-0 for 50 bucks off your purchase of 150 dollars or more sincerely 
my wife got me into this. And then all of a sudden, they showed up to be partners on this program. I was like, I use that product. What? So it's amazing. You're gonna love it. Also, I noticed when I'm like having interesting arguments or debates on uh, podcasts or Twitter, and I'm just intellectually curious, I start jumping into ChatGPT first, as opposed to going to Google. And there was like a debate going on about desal, right? And I've had this conversation about desalinization over and over again with people about how like, I don't know why we're worrying about water, it's just been priced incorrectly. And then I saw Elon and I've, I've had this debate with Elon a whole bunch. Um, and then I saw he was on um, Bill Maher. Bill Maher, and he was like, listen, desalinization, let me be very clear, it's not an issue. Yep. And like every smart person I know, and I looked at investing in desalinization companies, and it was like, oh my God, they're halving the cost of the energy necessary every like 10 years or so, yep. and that's accelerating, yada, yada. So I just said, how much does it cost to desalinate a gallon of water on average in 2023? How many gallons of water does a human in the United States use per year on average, and how much would a year's worth of desalinated water cost for a U.S. citizen? And this thing, uh, boom, I, I can tell you like it gave me an answer that was so detailed and accurate that it would have taken me i don't know how much time to like actually it would take me hours and instead i just got it i've shared it on share gpt uh which is just like a little plug-in you can use to post your results and share them with the world and uh you know it just gave me these great results and it was like yeah the number is $221.92. It's Crazy. like 0.0076 a gallon times 29,200 gallons a year per person equals 221 bucks. And I just thought to myself, so why, 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 why are we not doing this? Well, we don't need to. So the water okay. we have is good enough. We do, sure. you know, hand ring. Oh my God, water, but water is free. So because there is no customer for water in California, like we pay water, but it's so de minimis. We don't even think about it, right? The only time yeah. I ever thought about water is when I moved to a house, you know, where now I have a lot of land and we have well, sprinklers. We did, have, we did have a drought. We did have a drought. Well, yeah. Yes, but the 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 bottom line is, unless you have some large amount of land, you don't know what you're spending on water. And Personal use okay. is quite small. It's all uh, either yes. agriculture okay. or, yeah, 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 or yeah, landscaping. Yeah, f f yep. Farmers, farmers yep, see exactly. the, the cost well, more. Or if also. you happen to have landscaping yep. Yep. and uh. you go crazy, like literally, people in California have lost their minds with landscaping. We are so used to cheap water, like inconceivably cheap water, that people will spend you know fifty thousand dollars putting plants that they shouldn't have in California on their property. That require a ton of watering. And I'm just like, I, I had them turn off my sprinklers. They would had the sprinklers going five days a week or whatever. And I was like, go to once a week. And they're like, oh, things are going to die. I'm like, great. I want to see what dies. Turn the goddamn sprinklers off. I lowered my bill by like 50, 60% just because I didn't want to waste water and stuff. But anyway, the point is you can win a lot of arguments and get really detailed on these things um, pretty quickly. And, I, and so that was just another use case I started to see was I'm, I'm trying to understand what's going on. So I had another moment where people were arguing on Twitter. You know, they have this ongoing argument of how to solve what's going on in San Francisco. <laughs> this is another funny one. And I just shared this one in a tweet. Um, I was like, an Ill illegal super drug that kills people at a rate of 100 times heroin has been unleashed on an American city. It's being manufactured in China, imported from Mexico, and sold for only $5. You're in charge of a plan to save as many lives as possible by stopping the super drug. What do you do? And it was like, public awareness campaign. Okay. Strengthen intelligence and law enforcement co uh, cooperation. Enhance border security. Crack down on domestic distribution. Expand treatment. Invest in research and development. Community engagement. Monitor and value progress. I said, the super drug, follow-up question is being sold on street corners by large coordinated networks of illegal immigrants, which is true. It's, I think, Nicaraguan. Is that, um, I think it was Nicaraguan, um, was what Chesa Boudin said. Uh, Please create a specific policing and prosecution plan to stop the super drug from reaching the hands of addicts. And it was like, here's the perfect plan that anybody would use. And I literally tweeted this, and everybody's like, ChatGPT doing a better job than the board of supervisors in London breed. It's like, this is not rocket science. It's, it's an incredible way to just um, summarize what is should be obvious to everybody.
It really is. And then I think it further extends into like personal use cases. I'll just go back to where we were. But um, there was a great example this week. I can try to pull it up where someone started using ChatGPT as a personal trainer. It says, I want you to act as a personal trainer. I will provide you with all the information needed about an individual looking to become fitter, stronger, healthier through physical training. And the, the prompt goes on here. Well, the whole thing, you should use your knowledge of exercise science, nutrition, advice, and other relevant factors in order to create a plan suitable for that person. And my first request is, you know, I need help designing an exercise program for someone who wants to lose weight. It is really incredible in terms of uh, personal health and, and, and these type of situations. Well, kind of building on what you're saying, you know, you can dive into almost any use case here and um, it, it's, it's a game changer. I, I, it's not even just arguments. I think just personal self-help, all kinds of things are really you know, highlighted here. And prompt engineering, understand, this is the thing that people don't understand. I remember showing people Microsoft Excel. Yeah. And Lotus 123 when I was an IT consultant in the late 80s and into the 90s. Yeah. And I would show it to them and they didn't know what to do. And I'm like, okay, type a number. Okay, hit enter. Type another number. Yep. Hit enter. Type equal, sum, open parentheses, A1 plus A2, enter. And then boom, they're Milo. Whoa. Yeah. It added the two numbers cool. together. Okay, cool. Now it's like, now, <laughs> and here you start showing them count and you start showing yep. them how this works. But if you're just looking at the grid, you're like, what do I do? I'm so intimidated. Yep. This is, should the, the prompt stuff should be built into ChatGPT4. It should be keeping, like, the prompts should be, like, on the sidebar or something. There should be a ChatGPT prompt engineer built into it somehow. I've, I've got to pull up a tweet from Sam this week and where he said he didn't follow his own advice that he gives every company. And uh, he, he, they have not put any social features into- uh, To make oh, it grow. To make yeah. it grow, yeah. But it's such a good product that it has market pull. So this is an important lesson for founders. You can put social features into a product like multiplayer mode to make it grow. And you can imagine multiplayer mode is going to be bonkers in ChatGPT4. All of the examples we have right now, you could have just added me to them. And then we could have each been asking questions at the same time with our own accounts and have it making forked threads of the conversation. So I take yours and then I ask two questions and it goes on a decision tree. Vinny asks them and it goes on a different decision tree. And then we say, take this from Vinny's and combine it with Sonny's, right? And we could be working in one chat stream with three employees or 20 employees and two or three different AIs. But yeah, he's, I understand his point. But what he has to understand is, this is such a transcendent product that you can't shut up about it if you use it. Yeah, it's 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 That's so called market pull. Market pull. Well, it's, it's, it's it's product led growth, right? The product is amazing, and so the you know the and they and because it's amazing, people just use it. Yes, but and so they it doesn't uh, no. need to have virality into it. It doesn't even need no. multiplier. No, um, it doesn't need you it. You did something with this Opus dot Pro. Uh, yes. Now this so, is going to be a little scary for our producers. So I just want to let the producers know. <laughs> nobody's losing their job. I just want everybody to be 30% faster. And maybe, at least Powell raises rates more. Okay. So everybody <laughs> relax. Nick, Brian, anybody on the production team, everybody relax. It's going to be okay. But we'll do more. So, so let, let me share let me share my screen here. This is a company called Opus Pro. Um they've built themselves on open AI. It's a generative AI um, video tool. So think, you know, the example they've put you is this interview between Sam Altman and, and Elon, and it shows how the AI is sort of grabbing pieces of it and, you know, adding subtitles, text, whatever, and, you know, if, even some emoticons. And their whole, their whole shtick is that one click's all you need. You, you can spend, you can, you know, you can basically have 20 hours of video editing <laughs> or, or 500 bucks on hiring an editor, or you can use their tool. And I think it's pretty cool, especially if you're doing it for social media, because it converts it to, um, you know, phone phone style formats that you can use. And I actually ran it. I ran it with Jekyll's recent interview with Brian Chesky. And um, let, me, let me show you what it produced. So, you know, it, it, it did a really great job, I think. Uh, and, and this was, you know, this was a, a video interview. So... Jason had his own screen, obviously, like the way we're doing it right now, and Brian's yep. own screen. But I, I think if you were in person, like Sam and Elon, 
it would be a little bit more dynamic, but it was able to clip out the most important stuff in the entire hour and a half conversation. And it's about eight minutes worth of video in total. And, you know, wow. you can scroll down and see, I mean, this is incredible. And now you've got, you, now you've got content for YouTube. What we're seeing for, here is like YouTube. number three, for, um, mm -hmm. insider story. The surprising reason Airbnb was almost rejected by Y Combinator. Like it actually came up with a title and for I'll the video it. and they put copy on top of it. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. Yeah. So it's great. And look, I think it's very early. It's, it's a little wonky. You know, there's a couple of things, but this is where it's going, right? So you're using open AI to take an hour and a half interview and cut it down to the eight clips in, in, in literally minutes with no, with no video editors. Now, you know, I think that's incredible. I think this is just a, a game changer. If these guys you know, keep iterating on this and getting it right. It's really unbelievable. Congrats to them. It is so busy that I just dumped in the last episode of All In, and it's like there's 31 people, um, estimated wait time, eight minutes. Why is this free? Just charge it's, for this. It's not free. It's, 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 it's not free until they, well, it is free, but uh, when they start, when it start, they, they can, look, it's a usual startup. They want to get uh, recognition and awareness, et cetera. They, they're queuing people up, and then they're going to start charging you. I can see when it gets to like 200 people, it's like, hey, J-Cal, premium users, front yeah. of the queue, a uh, hundred bucks a month for you, you know, up to 20 hours of video or whatever it is. I mean, and, and you'll pay it and I'll pay it and we'll do I it. Cause like how many times be, are we though, doing these? Yeah. What I need to have happen here is I need this to automatically post the clips to YouTube and Twitter and TikTok okay, so for me. Then you go to buffer. Then you go to something like buffer. You integrate the two. You tell chat, you know, buffer has, let's say there's a, yeah. a, 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 a plugin that gets installed. Then you just, yeah. or Zapier, or they should or whatever, just build it into Opus. It should be like, Here's your authenticated. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So this, this is where it starts really getting interesting. If we post, uh, this is what would be an auto GPT for the audience. Think of it like something that automatically happens, a script, right, uh, Sunny? Yep. If uh, a YouTube video gets posted to the All In or This Week in Startups channel, send it to Opus. Then Opus, any, any clip that's over 90%, gets published to the YouTube channel Twist Clips. And we have a YouTube channel called Twist Clips. That's just for clips, like the Joe Rogan Clips channel. Yeah. And do we yeah. care if it's perfect? Of course we don't. It doesn't need to be. It's just a clip channel. It's just meant to get, and then boom. Wow. This is nuts. Game changer. Mm -hmm. Well, this is game where changer. we, totally we have people who've been emailing us. Uh, Producer Nick, you can come on air for a second here. How many pitches have we gotten from people who want to create clips for us in Manila, San Paulo, all over the world? And what are they off? What are the, what was the average price they were offering per clip? Or in per the hour? low hundreds per clip. Yeah, I believe it was hundred ish, hundred to hundred fifty per clip. Yeah, so they'd be like, "Hey, per episode, we'll make you eight clips for eight hundred bucks," or you know, maybe you negotiate them to five hundred, which it takes them an hour a clip or half hour a clip, whatever. To, uh, you know, polish it or whatever, put the text on top of it. So it's 50 bucks or a hundred bucks per clip, you know, then do it in an hour or two. They're making 20 bucks an hour, 50 bucks an hour, something like that. And this is all just being done. And this is the 1.0 version. I mean, what's it going to be like in a year? The next level for this is if it could learn what a good, what good metrics are on a channel by channel basis on YouTube. And then understand, okay, what made this a good clip? Why did people react to this? What, what uh, attributes does this clip have? Now we're going to every link you put in here for this, a similar show, we're going to understand what that is. And we're going to look for those moments. Then when you, it understands what a good clip is to you and what metrics you're looking for, and it can search and find that in videos that you already have, it's going to be crazy. Like <laughs> It's going to be nuts. It's, it's really amazing. Well, then it could come back and tell you what you should, what questions you should ask on the next pod. Or what because, kind of hey, guests you should clip. have on. What kind of guests people react to strongly? Imagine when yeah. imagine when the AI is telling us who to look for. Yeah. Yeah. It could just and then it could just book the guest. I just show up in the morning, it's like, hey, who are you? And it's like, <laughs> hi, I'm Paris Hilton. I have a new AI product. Yeah. You know? I'm like, okay, hey Paris Hilton. <laughs> like I we didn't know that you were gonna get all these views. This is basically uh, my retirement, and I am now in favor of UBI. Oh, uh, it's God, over, please. folks. I mean, somebody I was like, <laughs> this can't come quick enough for me. Because these podcasts are killing me. There's just far too many of them. I, I need a break. So uh, please, uh, somebody just take the entire corpus and then have me interview Lex Friedman and Joe Rogan. Just take like whoever the top 100 personalities are on YouTube and then just have Jason AI 
interview everybody and let me go to bed. Let you know, I, I could really use another 10 days of skiing a year. Travata is a cash management platform that helps startups keep tabs on their runway, their financial data, and prepares them to answer investor questions, right? It's the cash command center that allows you to analyze, report and forecast your cash like a professional. And here's the thing. Now that so many startups are using multiple banks, sweep networks, you know, to increase the FDIC insurance, Travata makes it easier than ever to manage multi-bank data with a single source of truth. And Travata can scale with you from your seed round all the way up to your IPO. Fast scaling startups should not be managing cash in spreadsheets. No. And you don't want to implement those old bulky solutions that take months to implement and cost a fortune. Cash is your lifeblood. So treated as such, Travata has pioneered a massive library of corporate bank APIs and companies like Carta, Fanatics, they trust Travata to gain visibility into their multi-bank accounts. So here's your call to action. Go to trovata.io slash twist to get started for free and use the promo code twist for 30% off premium features for one year, like AI forecasting and reconciliation. Start managing your cash like a pro with Travata. It's crazy, but there is a startup called uh, Sunny or Vinny. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's Synthesia.io. Yes, I passed on Uh, investing in this. Yes. So they've been trying to lock Jason down. They want to do a two-hour video shoot with Jason at some point and have a fully created AI of him to then show during the interview. And then you could basically give it a text prompt and it'll on video... With any green screen, any background you want, be Jason, and it can just say and sound like him, video and audio. Uh, Nick, yeah. I'll do it. Tell yeah, them yeah, I'll yeah. do it. Okay. okay. I didn't commit you to it yet because they said it has to be like at least 90 minutes. And I was like, all right, I don't know if he's going to want to do Not that. Not a problem. Are, are they still taking it? No, they come in person. Yeah. They, 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 oh. they said, does he have something in his house that we, because they have like special video cameras they need to do. Yeah. That's, and I was like, I don't know if he's going to do but I think that, if yeah. you do two things, Jason, if you do yeah. that and you can get your audio clips from them, then yeah. we can also use that to create, because Nick and I are working on like a little thing for upcoming oh. episode, like the okay. the replacement things. I just don't have me saying things that are inappropriate. Somebody created an AI uh, of the besties. Did you see this, Nick, on the web? I saw the first one. I, ha- I didn't yeah, watch any of the There's a whole episode. They do episodes. No, not yeah. the episodes. Okay. There's a website now. Oh, where you can okay. type in whatever you want oh, and then have that. a bestie say it. Okay. Wow. And uh, and then they had like, have a bestie sing this Eminem song, that song. And then somebody's like, Hey, by the way, do you know they're dropping the N word in that song? And like, I'm like, yeah, Oh yeah. God. Okay. Like literally like it, there's going to be like Chamath singing, you know, some song and then yep. publishing it. And it's like, I, I mean, it would just, everybody's going to be canceled on the same week because there's going to be, well, this is where it'll all come back to crypto, right, Jaco? Because that's the only way you'll be able to authenticate that that's oh, a real God, stop thing. with that, please. This is my <laughs> personal nightmare is that this show goes back to being the crypto roundtable. <laughs> that's the most painful thing in the world. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, a senior developer. This was an interesting story. Any more? Do we have any more demos, by the way? Because I, I did want to... Uh, well, we have one any- that's related to the the uh, Ethan Mollick's uh, comment here on plugins. Okay, and I wanted yes. to show you a very cool plugin because it's counter to his point. Okay. So Ethan Molik, who is a Wharton professor studying startups and AI, tweeted the following about OpenAI's chat GPT plugins. The plugin strategy for chat GPT is weird. If you think of them as tools for the AI to use, there is only one really useful one, Wolfram, and a ton of very narrow services. All of them are limited and none I have tried, including Wolfram, work well yet. Why start with shovelware? Okay, so I have had the same exact experience. I tried to use yep. Zillow, Redfin, and OpenTable. It gave me bad results. It crashed. It was terrible. Unusable. So I guess that's a new term I've heard, shovelware, but I don't care. Like, uh, Let me play with it early. Yeah. What do you say? What do so you say? I, I think this comes back into the prompt engineering and then the quality okay. of the plugin partner and how how well their API is built. So I'm going to give you one using the Zillow plugin, and I'll okay. just give a couple of examples here. I'll read them out to everyone. So I say, show me all the four bedroom plus homes in Palo Alto that are under 3 million. Okay. I think it did a pretty good job here. We can see a list of results. I'm not going to read them out, but uh, Jason, Vinny, you can verify these kind of all come in. That's pretty standard. It's not groundbreaking. Then 
I did something similar. Show me all the three-bedroom apartments in Palo Alto that rent under $5,000. Comes up with a set of results. So then I start sort of pushing it in, in a direction which I think, you know, how these tools need to evolve. And I, th- I thought I did a pretty good job. Show me all the three-bedroom apartments in Palo Alto that are in the Addison Elementary School District, because that's a really good, you know, mm-hmm. elementary school. It picks out the two results that are fit that category. Then mm-hmm. I say, the next prompt is, show me all the three-bedroom homes for sale within a 10-minute bike ride of California Avenue in Palo Alto. Sort of mm-hmm. does the same thing, lists a set of really great results. So I think in this case, it works really well. And this is a combination of good design by the API that Zillow provides. And you can see here, their user question takes in the entire question. And it doesn't work that way quite for open table. So when you say used Zillow and you hit the drop down. Yep. I can see the request that went to Zillow. Ah. So the request to Zillow was, in this case, City, Palo Alto, State, California, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So it's trying to take your the request to Zillow. ChatGPT took your plain natural language, English, aka English, and it translated it into Zillow. Correct. And then Zillow ran that search. And then when it got the response back, ChatGPT then formatted it. Correct. Correct. So the reasoning, as you explained I, I, last week or the week before, it's happening on the ChatGPT4 side. It's taking natural language and then just shoveling it to the API. This will get better over time. This will get better. Now, one where it doesn't work as well, I'm going to pull this one up. And this is where, you know, I think it'll solve this in the next 90 days as well. And so this question was, show me the homes near downtown Palo Alto that would fit a $5,000 monthly payment with a $1 million down payment at current interest rates. Okay. Very sophisticated. Right. And it doesn't do a good job. So the answers here, um, some fit, some don't. Uh, and you know, this, it's showing like a $7 million yeah. home, which wouldn't fit into that category. Uh, this $1 million one likely would. Um, and so this one, it doesn't do a great job, but I don't think this is too far away. And I think once we get here, this will really kind of start showing the power between its reasoning capabilities to figure out, you know, what that means in terms of um, the parameters I provided and come back with what the price range for the house should be. Well, look at this. Like here is like a, if you click on that one, um, show me the homes in Truckee that have been sold for over 4 million in the past two years. And it gave like five examples. If you were a real estate broker, this is something a real estate broker would say, I'll get back to you next week yeah. or, you know, give me a couple days. <laughs> and so like, what is the value of a real estate broker? You know, like they're going to glad handle you. They're going to try to massage the discussion. I hate real estate brokers uh, with a passion, um, with the exception of like maybe one or two, um, because I never feel like they're being honest with me. I feel like they're always trying to work me. And I just want data because I'm a data. I'm a, I'm making decisions based on data, not emotion. And like they keep pushing the discussions to emotion when I'm trying to have them be data. And then they, you know, take other family members <laughs> your kids, your spouse, and they try to get them on the emotional train. And I'm trying to make, you know, economic decisions in buying a property. And so I, I just think, my Lord, what this is going to do to real estate. Well, I think we're going to end up with fewer, better brokers. But I, I do think, you know, the other challenging position is Zillow. Because if you really think about what Zillow is here, it's just a, it's a, like a, um, a UI on top of MLS listings. Now they have a lot of other enhanced features like Zillow pricing and estimates and things like that. Yeah. But you can really see the potential disruption that exists for Zillow. And I really like that they are trying to integrate into this spot and finding you know what the future looks like and experimenting around that. That's good to see that they're there versus not there. Well, and then you 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 wind up ramming into regulation. Um, and the issue with regulation is like the chat GPT four is not going to fix regulation. And one of the regulations is, you know, this 6% commission in real estate is absurd and it's standardized. And if you try to break it, like Redfin did, they literally in LA explicitly told me we're not showing Redfin homes. And, uh, who's the, we, the a real the, estate brokers, oh, the, okay, the brokers, yeah, like yeah. in a moment of like. Clarity. I said, hey, how's that dynamic going? He's like, oh, yeah, we're just blocking them. We, we don't, we steer our clients away from Redfin. We tell them the Redfin stuff is the damaged inventory. We don't put it on our lists. We're fighting them tooth and nail because they're taking, you know, whatever, a point out of the system uh, yep. on each side, whatever they were doing to, to lower the fees. 
Um, yeah, I, so I'm pro plugin. I'm with you. The uh, let 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 a billion plugins fly. Now, are these plugins going to be independent of ChatGPT four? Do you think? Like, will they work just as easily with Bard and Poe and everything else? Or is this going to? Is there a standard for them? Have yeah, you so looked at the plugin architecture that OpenAI has? Yeah. So something was just released over this weekend uh, that um, allows LangChain which is sort of um, uh, the open source uh, version of uh, like kind of uh, a chaining architecture. And they now support um, the OpenAI plugins. So I think that's going to be really good. So basically, there's going to be a giant deluge of plugins someday. Sue. Someday very soon. 100 days. In 100 days. Have either of you started playing with Bard or Poe or anything else? Uh, yeah, Bard very much so, and then Bing as well. Um, Explain to people what the yeah, difference I, I between tried, Bing I, I and ChatGPT4 is. Yeah, 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 I tried Bing. What's the um, difference? The biggest difference, which has you know collapsed in the last week, was Bing had access to the internet with GPT4. Okay, and so what we just showed today with the GPT4 Plus browser, that was the capability of Bing. That was the biggest difference. Got it. Cool. Yep. Guys, I got to run. All right. Listen, this has been another amazing AI roundtable uh, with Vinny and Sonny. Quick plugs. Uh, everybody check out weightroom.com. Yep. We got and some cool stuff coming. Definitive Intelligence. Is it Definitive AI? What, are you, what is it? Definitive.io. Uh, maybe the Sonny, IO goes. Okay, I sure. saw you demoing Definitive IO, by the way. Yep. To a top, top, top awesome. publicly traded CEO yes. who's been on this program, but I won't say who. Yep. How did that go? Is that going to be a BD relationship, you think? Yeah, it's already uh, it's already in the works. It's on. Oh, yeah. I'm like a Donkey Kong. Yeah, yeah. Yum, yum. Looks like my investment <laughs> in Definitive is coming closer. Now, this time, please. no. Hey, but both of us. What 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 did last time? You gave us like a 3X, a 4X. What was that last one? It was like a quick 3X. Oh, like 7X. Seven X, which is yeah, delightful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. But can we please this time seventy X? I don't. Come on, seven X doesn't move the needle. He's got kids to feed. <laughs> I got yeah, kids, kids to feed here. I yeah. need. I need private aviation. You yeah. know? And I, we need like a ten X. They're not a ten X again. We need to okay. you know get to the fifty hundred X to make it really meaningful. Once we do the de once we do the demo at the Angel Summit, we'll be there. Ooh, everybody come to launch Angel Summit. There's about ten tickets left. You can only come if you're a capital allocator, VC, angel. You, you got to prove that. That's a, the great thing about this event. People apply who are founders. We say, well, this isn't for founders. And then people apply who are service providers, you know, lawyers, accountants, whatever. We're like, hey, if you want to buy lunch for everybody, we'll give you a ticket. But otherwise, it's just for capital allocators. So I think we have two or three sponsors there. And um, those are the only three service people coming. Uh, everything else is just LP, VC, angel, family office capital allocator etc so all right boys well done again uh where can people follow you on twitter sunny to get these uh nuggets of wisdom at sundeep s-u-n-d-e-e-p first name club yeah, at, at, at vinnie lingham there we go okay we'll see you all next time bye bye <laughs>